also made the case for owning Bitcoin, the quintessence of scarcity premium. Scarcity premium. It's literally the only large tradable asset in the world that has a known fixed maximum supply by its design. The total quantity of Bitcoins cannot exceed 21 million. Bitcoin is the hardest money that has ever been invented. If you don't have my private key, you cannot spend my Bitcoin, period. And this is the power of Bitcoin. It's the first time we figured out how to create true property that you can take possession of with full custodial rights. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Talking in Bits, where we walk you through Bitcoin bit by bit so we can provide you with the information you need to succeed and persist. Back with solo rip number three here on these weekends when we have all this extra time and we, you know, we get to work out and we get to do the things that we we love to do when when the, the nine to five monotony is not chasing us on the weekday or, or when you're not walking around saying hi to people that tell you that they're good every day. But in their face, you can tell that they're absolutely suffering and miserable. Uh, that's just a long winded way for me to say. Thanks for joining me on the weekend. Uh, this is a time where uh, I'm not necessarily interviewing anybody and, and I'm not asking uh, specific types of questions. I'm more just like, you know, taking the notes that I take during the week on my phone about topics that I want to talk about that I want you guys to hear my opinion on. And hopefully you can let me hear yours in return. Um, and then we talk about these topics. So this is solo rip number three. I've gotten good feedback. Um, I appreciate you guys for appreciation, appreciating this extra rip. And just remember, I give you my time, so I give you my heart. You guys ain't paying me to be here, and I ain't paying you guys to be here either. That's how that this works out. So let's go through some topics here. I think I'm going to start. Uh, and mind you, I, I do want to tell people I record these on like Wednesday, Thursday. So if by Saturday when this episode releases, um, it, it might be late to something or, or an opinion that I don't got, well deal with it, I guess, because that's just the way timing works and the time I need for editing and all that good stuff. But uh, I want to start out, you know, kind of general on some topics, and then I want to go a little bit deeper. Um, and I want to talk about Compton and Swan Bitcoin. So this is actually dope. Probably one of the cooler things, in my opinion, that I've seen Bitcoin do. I mean, um, donating to developers is obviously extremely important. They're the ones that enhance the protocol and continue to build upon this beautiful thing, uh, b beautiful protocol that we call Bitcoin. Um, but sometimes you want to do some community-based things and it doesn't necessarily involve the code itself. So Swan Bitcoin, which I, I think Swan Bitcoin is pretty based. I think they, they've always had their ears um, to, to, to what's going on. They've always had that really good clubhouse room and that good clubhouse following. So they were always active with the community. They dropped a lot of free content. Uh, shout out to Jan Pritzker, which was uh, way back on like episode three of this podcast. Uh, he, he's he's definitely a knowledgeable, smart guy. Uh, Corey Klipstein, shout out to that whole team over there. Um, they do really good. And this is um, no different. I don't know all the, uh, the logistics of this, the in and outs. You know, we're given the benefit of the doubt here from the information we're reading. But Compton Magic partners with Swan Bitcoin for Bitcoin basketball program. Compton Magic is a premier AAU basketball program. And it has partnered, as I said, with Swap Bitcoin to gift Bitcoin to players and to pay coaches in Bitcoin through benefits plan. This is a win, um, you know, way even last year with like Russell Okung and when we started hearing the NFL players start coming out uh, and they've basically spoken about like how athletes understand Bitcoin more than most because, you know, their career just naturally by the impact they take and, and, and the damage they do to their body, it's just a declining value career, meaning that you could end up in the broadcast booth most of them do, but for the most part, you, you know, you're, you're, you're going to end up pretty much very frail. 
in the later stages of your life. So it's always dope to be able to see athletes get paid in Bitcoin. Here in this situation, coaches get paid in Bitcoin. So I'm looking at this article here. Compton Magic AAU program knows for developing high-level uh, collegiate NBA players has partnered with Swan Bitcoin. And this is just introducing them to Bitcoin earlier before they even get the pros. So when they get to the pros, they already understand Bitcoin. They're already invested in Bitcoin and they can continue to do that. Um, the CEO of Compton Magic says the sovereign athlete is the future of basketball and Bitcoin is the future of money. We always love to hear that. There's a lot of truth to that. Um, and that's non-arguable truth if you actually do the, the, the due diligence long enough. So he goes on to say, we're bringing the two together to create the first Bitcoin basketball program, a program that aligns itself with Bitcoin's principles of respecting time, long-term, long-term thinking and sustainability. Bitcoin will be gifted to the players utilizing Swan's gifting solutions. Um, I'm from New England, so maybe that Mac Jones uh, situation rings a bell to y'all, um, where you know he partnered up to basically give, I think, like the, the offensive line a bunch of Bitcoin through Swan. So this is not an accident. Um, uh, through a Swan account, uh, they are eligible to accept the gift, the ease of which Bitcoin can be given uh, allows an easy onboarding for new users. That's absolutely true. Personally passionate about bo- both Bitcoin and basketball. Um, I, uh, and I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to partner with ETOP and Compton Magic, uh, said founder and CEO Swan Corey Klipstein. Swan is dedicated to educating the world about the value of sound money for their future. Um, that's one thing that, you know, I... I'm not a a Swan client, and if I was, I probably wouldn't tell you anyways. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I, I, I haven't had any personal bad experience. I've heard some people that have. But for me, from the outside looking in, I think it's nothing but, you know, A-plus for, for Swan. Um, I'm really big on Bitcoin-only companies, and they've proven to be one of those. Um, I hear they have an app coming up pretty soon and, and a few other things, so that's really interesting. Shout out to Swan. This is actually extremely cool. I, I really like the idea of this. And I hope this is more of a contagious thing where, you know, more communities are doing this stuff to not only reward, you know, these young athletes because this is, you know, the age that they're coming into, but, you know, teach them the low te- low time preference lifestyle that us Bitcoiners know. Uh, when you mix those two things, a powerful athlete that's smart, and know and has a low time preference and knows how to like you know store energy and wealth all the good things we talk about that's a a snowball effect that could become contagious and because could and possibly will become something in the future shout out to swan shout out to compton magic i've never heard of them but this is the great arena to be in and this is just a great conversation to even have here so shout out to them and everybody involved uh i wish them good on that uh intel launches block scale Blockscale is Intel's new Bitcoin mining chip. I'm not really going to go too deep in the weeds here because although I know a thing or two about mining, I don't get into the weeds on mining. Like when you start talking about like, um, I believe it's Jewel hash uh, and things like that. Jewels per terahash lost me. Um, I know basics. I know terahash. I know pools. I know things like that. Um, so it says that on Monday, the semiconductor manufacturer Titan Intel, which this isn't a secret, by the way, this actually came out, I think, I believe a year ago, along with Samsung and a few other companies that are, or maybe Samsung was a year ago. Either way, we have known that these companies are going to get involved um, in, in, in this type of, in, in the mining industry. Um, so on Monday, semiconductor manufacturer Titan unveils the new Bitcoin mining chip block scale is what they're calling it. The application specific integrated circuit. And that's what that's a that's ASIC is short for that. That's what ASIC stands for. Hardware is designed to operate on proof of work blockchains using SHA-256 encryption. 
That's how you mine Bitcoin. That's the algorithm that's used for proof of work. Uh, as told by Intel, Blockscale will have the hash rate uh, of up to 580 gigahashes per second or 0.58 terahashes per second, consuming between 4.8 to 22.7 watts of power. Once again, this is just way above the weeds. Uh, what, what, what basically I'm getting here is that you can combine this chip. Um, it's actually a comparison here. In comparison, Bitmin's 8-miner S19 Pro, one of the leading Bitcoin mining machines on the market, has a hash rate of 110 terahashes, consumes 3,200 or so watts of power, and possesses the energy uh, efficiency of 30 uh, what I'm assuming is joules per terahash. Theoretically, a mining unit composed of 256 block scale chips will have a total hash rate of 148.5 terahash and consume between uh, 1228 to 5000 watts of power around the same energy efficiency. Intel says that it starts uh, third quarter of 2022 is when they're going to start shipping this. So what they're if I'm not if I'm getting this correctly for the amount of chips that are inside of an S19 Pro right now, you can actually go from 110 terahashes to 148 terahashes. I don't know about the same price. Um and kind of seems like you can actually clock out at a at a lower watt per power from from 1200 to 5000. I really like to see the innovation here. I mean, uh, there's no secret for those that listen to the show. Um, I have my fear uh, about, you know, these big companies, you know, increasing the hash rate to only where they can afford it uh, to do it profitably. But every time I think about that, I always think back of uh, of, of Tarantula, Hado Tarantula, go back to that episode where he kind of reminds me that that's the point. This is a competition. Now it's your job to get up out of your house and try to figure out the cheapest, most renewable types of, of resources um, that you can get electricity, the lowest electricity, so that you can actually compete. Because if you're getting the lowest electricity, you're still going to win at the end of the day. But the challenge then becomes that, is you know finding the electricity and the sources to do those things. So that's where this is fascinating to me and super cool, but also a little bit worrisome there. If you're a miner, you listen to the show, definitely uh, reach out to me and give me your thoughts on that. Um, and this isn't the first one. I think it's one of those gradually and subtly things. I think most people, most companies that can do it will get into mining. I don't see why they wouldn't. It's it's just, it's proven to be such a profitable business. So shout out to Intel, I guess. I mean, not really, but you guys get the point on that one. We're going to keep moving along here. Uh, Roast Beef, which is talks faster than me, uh, faster than anybody, I think. I don't even know if he holds the record. Uh, developer over at Lightning Labs, I'm going to say kind of changed the internet. But the reason I'm going to say kind of is this, and I'm going to have uh, um, John on the show, um, John Cavallo on the show uh, in, in the next coming weeks or whatever, but I still remember when he and Synonym actually posted that video about a month ago of them showing how they got a stable coin over the Lightning Network. Now, I'm going to ask him this, and I may have been missing something here, and this doesn't take away from this, but I just... You know, I, I, when it's open source software, it's like who gets the credit for what, you know, who discovers what and how are they different? Is it sort of like C Lightning is different than LMD? So one could be trademarked for a company and the other one not. I don't really know how that works or whatever. But um, Roast Beef, which is a developer, um, finally publicly uh, set to publish the draft for BIPs for Taro, uh, Taproot Asset Representation Overlay. Taro uses Taproot Script Tree. Uh, which I believe is a Merkle tree or a version of a Merkle tree to commit to extra structure metadata, which enables the representation and transfer of assets on a Bitcoin. I always leave my show notes here in, in the description. So I'm just going to give a quick one-on-one on this one of what I've been kind of hearing since this 
came out, which was April 5th yesterday. All right. So what I've kind of been hearing here is that now you'll be able to do a lot a lot more different types of assets over the Bitcoin network underneath the, the, the structure of the protocol. I know what some of y'all may be thinking is that NFTs. Yes, that could be NFTs. That could be a lot of different things. But the difference is in the security of the Bitcoin network and that that underlying protocol that supports the Bitcoin network, uh, you know, the decentralization and not the, you know, the centralized uh, proof of stake system or whatever. So, yeah, and nay about this. I do understand that there's people around the world in different parts of the world where being able to transfer USD stablecoin at the speed that you can do so with Lightning and at the fees that you could do so with Lightning, that's extremely valuable to a lot of folks around the world for many different reasons. And this is coming from, you know, the guy that always tells people, you got to be on Bitcoin. They got to be doing Bitcoin. They got to catch up. That doesn't necessarily blanket and apply across the board. So I can see the benefit here of um, being able to transfer stable coins over a fast railway system where you can get rid of remittance and you can do all that good stuff. So that is that is impressive in itself. As for NFTs, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll readdress NFTs now that they could potentially come to the Bitcoin network, uh, but I still don't really understand the, the concept of a JPEG that you can just share. Uh, maybe that changes on Bitcoin and somebody can school me. Uh, so a lot of things can happen. What I do worry about is though is Many things, but now the U.S. can basically use this as sort of like a railway for its, you know, CD, BC, whatever stable coin that's about to come out. Um, I don't know if that's possible on a decentralized network, meaning that if the U.S., you know, it puts their new coin, you know, as an asset on top of, you know, that Bitcoin protocol, then, you know, does it autom- does it lose its control because of the decentralized nature or is it still somewhat in control? I didn't really think that far into it, but I, I can see the the ability for now to them to flourish and add other assets on top of the Bitcoin network to try to make them seem worthy when they're probably still in their control. Um, CBDC, again, if it's on the Bitcoin blockchain network and and, 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 and as the underlying and it's riding on lightning back and forth, is it, is it still going to stop them from printing enough of those uh, tokens to continue to cause inflation to go up and prices to go up? Can they still control where you spend those tokens at? Like if you can't buy this burger or whatever the hell it is, like there's a lot of unnecessary things, but I don't want to let those shadowy thoughts or weird thoughts that I don't really know much about to take away from the situation that Bitcoin is full of innovators, man. And the innovators can continue to innovate. The innovators can continue to build and make our life going forward much easier that lower time preference where these updates are actually fundamental updates they're huge updates even to the scope of where i don't even understand it right like i don't this probably somebody who's listening to this right now that's like duh but what about this use case i'm sure there's going to be a gazillion use cases for this type of technology um he goes on to say that tau supports normal collectible assets normal assets that can be split merged similar to Bitcoin UTXOs and reuse the Merkle sum property to ensure no asset are inflated during transfer. Uh, Tyra also supports collectible assets which are indivisible, one of one holographic be- uh, <laughs> beef sard cards. So as you can see, they're already hinting towards like a lot of different things being able to be able to scale on Lightning Network. Um, I don't think this is inherently a bad thing. And I actually got excited when I saw this, not because I'm, you know, A, because I'm a roast beef fan, but because, you know, I, th- there's so many endless possibilities for what this can do, especially for the decentralized nature of Bitcoin and being able to do smarter types of contracts or bigger deals, or as a creator, being able to like 
take a picture here and like you know be able to sell that on to you guys and, and and be able to live right because as creators we love to give we love to spill but we also need to live in the type of world that we live in now so shout out to uh uh Aloe, uh roast beef on twitter um and for the, the the continued innovation from Lightning Labs, I've been a big fan of Lightning Labs since I got a like a modem right since I got my node connected, uh, and it's been really good. So shout out to them. Looking forward to see how this is gonna work out. Uh, I believe they also dropped some documents for Musig Two, which is Taproot's uh, version of Multisig, if I'm not mistaken. So that's uh yeah that's that's just incredible work. Uh, just to keep it moving here. But the show notes, uh, look in the show notes for these links because they are always in there. All right. Uh, Dirt Gigi, man. Um, you know, I always, when I try to explain Dirt Gigi articles to my wife or to, you know, the listeners or anybody, I always butcher Dirt Gigi articles. Uh, shout out to Dirt Gigi. I would love to invite him to come back on the show um, and also uh, go back to the episode to where it was. Uh, I interviewed Dirt Gigi uh, last year. Uh, super, super, super important person in Bitcoin, in my opinion. Uh, one of the greater minds in Bitcoin. Uh, well-spoken, well-writer, all of those things above. And he comes with another another incredible article called An, An Inalienable Property Rights. Uh, the Law, Language, Money, and Morality of Bitcoin. The show, the links is in the show notes. We don't have the time to get into this type of thing, uh, this type of like long, deaf, freeform article, but the GG does not disappoint um, he, he talks about the law, the language, and the money. Who should be allowed to speak? Who should be allowed to publish? Who should be allowed to have property? Who should be allowed to defend said property? And who should be allowed to issue and control the money? Um, he goes on later on to not only give you his typical Dirgigi explanation of things, but uh, to, to uh, absolutely answer these questions and the Bitcoin uh, frame of, of way of mind uh, and how Bitcoin, because of that one secret that you know that nobody else knows, um, it, it, it's it's the eternal internal control of property uh, to its upright mo- uh, um, most right because when you share some information with a person, that's no longer a secret anymore. That information has been given for that person to be able to do it or whatever. Uh, in Bitcoin, that is not true. As long as you know your secret, it, you're the only one in the world that knows it. Um, it's in the show notes. I just wanted to take a minute or two. To definitely give this, you know, I'm a big Dorjiji fan as it is, but to make sure that you guys go and check this out, uh, the link is in the show notes. Fascinating read. Every time Dorjiji drops one of these things, um, you got to pay attention. This is somebody who, if you listen to that previous conversation with us, has been around for a long time, has seen a lot of the bullshit, and is about as based and about as focused in on what we're trying to achieve here than anybody else uh, in the game. So, uh, shout out to Dorjiji. Dorjiji's doing fantastic things, uh, and I appreciate you for this uh, incredible read that if I went into any longer, I would absolutely butcher it. All right, guys, we're about to wrap it up and the last topic here. And, you know, I was able to watch a little bit of um, day one of Bitcoin Miami uh, conference. Um, I don't know if this is part of the official event because I think it officially starts on a Thursday, but nonetheless, it's in, it's inside the main stage and they have, you know, people up there. So it was called Industry Day, I believe is what it's called. You know, what they're saying on Twitter, I don't even need to like sugarcoat it. It's true. Uh, a lot of shit coinery, um, a lot of word crypto being thrown around. Uh, sort of like Floyd Mayweather last year, they kind of invite, and I say they because Bitcoin Magazine, hey, Bitcoin Magazine, no offense. I read most of your stuff, but you got to take it in the chin if you're as proud as you are about this event. And maybe you should be. I haven't been in person. Uh, but, you know, last year was the same thing. A lot of shit coinery, 
uh, Flay, uh, Mayweather with his uh, shirt on, uh, with his Ethereum shirt. Uh, Serena Williams this year with an Ethereum shirt on. Uh, Miami press calling it crypto conference instead of Bitcoin. I don't know if they can control all of this, but you got to make sure that it's pure Bitcoin to like every single dollar that you spend or don't spend has to be. And who the fuck am I? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's extremely difficult to put on this type of event. And maybe you got to pay all these guests that are coming. I don't know the logistics of it, but a lot of shit cornery. And one thing that kept coming up over and over again, and it was like this like psyop of like they wanted to like get you to talk about like um, regulation, regulation about around Bitcoin, uh, regulation, you know, that it's needed. Regulation is coming. Um, regulation. You know, these things that were just like you would think that they were trying to program you to be like acceptance of regulation. And that got me to think I don't have a link for this. I don't have anything. So this is going to be just a quick, small tangent before we we take off for the solo rip here. Um, People that know me know how I feel about regulation and Bitcoin. Um, If you do enough work, which I feel that I have and continue to do every single day, you realize that the whole reason that this you know, monumental uh, 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 protocol exists and life-changing protocol exists is to avoid that very thing. Now, the argument, not to be naive, is is that you need regulation so that the big institutes to come because if if you want the price to go up, then you need the big institutions to come in. I'm not here to debate whether that's true or not. But what I am here to say is we don't need them is I guess my point. Just like every other old legacy industry, they need us. The only difference in this time around is before is, you know, we needed them to get on and now they're going to need us to get on. That's the difference here. They're they're playing catch up now. So to me, when you say regulation, I understand that depending on what business you're in, depending on what your end goal is, you know, regulation is a positive thing and it's going to make this thing go to the moon because now it's safer for people to have their money and now they could tuck it away. I don't agree with that nonsense. I think this currency was created for me to do as I want, spend when I want, do when I want type of currency. If you in, if you give an inch, they take a mile, right? Like so if we allow you to start saying that this is okay and that's okay for us to be able to use uncensorable money, then what happens after that? What continues to get pushed after that? Are you going to start raiding people's houses and taking private keys? Like right? Like it's just one of these situations where I don't agree. It may take longer for a number to go up, but that's okay because the people that really need it get the exposure to need it. Just like I said in the mining earlier, I don't really care about the big dogs coming in and taking everything away. Number go up is important, but it's not the the, the mission. Number go up is good for my legacy and my wealth, and it will eventually get there, but the mission is to be able to separate what's happening now is the the control of this this. this these regulations and these things in our current lifestyle that boggle us down, that have us still wearing a mask on an airplane till this very day. It's these things. I don't agree with the regulation side of it. Maybe I'm just being too maxi. Maybe I'm not in the industry that requires that, but it makes no sense to me for us to start allowing rules to be dictated because if you can't control the consensus of the network, we understand that. That's what decentralized is. But if if you can control the next best thing, which is the legislation in the country that you live in that allows you to use that currency, then that's just as risky as a bottleneck as you know, uh, basically having control of the money. So I would be very, very careful when I hear this regulation talk. Um, is regulation needed? Maybe to a certain extent. But if you give them an inch, they're going to continue to take a mile. Uh, and when I hear things about regulation and any type of old school legacy rules on Bitcoin, 
I always try to take two steps backwards and I always try to be wary of that situation because to me is you're introducing people in an arena where they have shown that they shouldn't even be in. And if you're doing it for the sake of money, meaning that like you want this regulation because your number go up US dollar value, then maybe you should go back and do some more work and continue to dig deeper into Bitcoin so you can really understand what the hell this thing is all about. All right, guys, that's the end of the Solo Rip 3. I appreciate you guys as always. The show is always evolving, always growing. With your feedback, it actually gets much better. Um, check us out on Bitcoin TV. Um, that's where we're at if you want to check out the video version. You can go to talkinginbits.com and see the video and the audio and the show notes. Um, you can also donate there if you want to show some love to the show. Um, if you're trying to do it more mobile and you're, you're always like out doing you know, some exercises with some headphones, check us out on Fountain app, Breeze app, any of the podcasts index apps and stream us some sats through there that's just the the new age of things that's to come and i want to support those things before i support the other outlets you can definitely find this on the old legacy outlets the apple Podcasts of the world spotify and all those other places Um, but try something new you may be surprised you may love it and you're getting a head start at what's to come from here in the future so as always i give you guys my time so that means i give you guys my heart there's nothing here for you uh, um that that you have to pay for to get i just love to give it to you guys every single chance that i get i appreciate you guys as always solo rip three and the books later y'all